Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. Hey everybody, Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. I am so glad that you are joining us today because today's show is really going to help you rock your midlife and get more out of your life. I didn't know this, but April is actually National Foot Awareness Month and you are going to learn about cool new ways to take your feet from, from take care of your feet from two of the world's top podiatrists, Dr. Sarah Heller and Dr. Brad Schaefer. Uh, you will be shocked to learn that 25% of Americans live with bunions. I had no idea about this. And I actually have family members with this issue. I didn't know it was genetic. And I actually didn't know there was that much that you can do about it. I have so many clients who complain that they can't walk because their feet hurt. So today's show is really going to give you the information that you need so that you can walk without pain. Because Walking is absolutely the best exercise that you can do. It is free, it is convenient, and also it's just fun. And you might not be aware of it, but walking every day improves your heart health, it improves your blood sugar regulation, it reduce, reduces joint pain, it actually increases your memory and reduces your risk of Alzheimer's disease because you are actually oxygenating your brain. So it can really keep your brain sharp and healthy. It reduces stress, it lowers your breath, breast cancer risk, and it strengthens your body. Walking, particularly if you're stressed out before bedtime, can really help you with your sleep, and it boosts weight loss and metabolism. So if you are a midlife woman and you're struggling with all of those menopausal things, getting your feet in shape and walking every day is really such an important move. So you don't have to live with this pain anymore. So for more than three years, Dr. Sarah Haller and Brad Schaefer have been treating some of the country's most extreme foot-related ailments on TLC's hit series, My Feet Are Killing Me. It's an awesome series. You have to check it out, where they're like really miracle workers giving people their lives back. On the show, the doctors demonstrate how they treat a variety of problems, including hammer toes, warts, tumors, and one of the most common and painful but conditions, which is bunions, after years of seeing patients suffer with the painful and progressive deformity that is bunions, the physicians are taking steps to build a broader awareness of bunions and the fact that they can often be treated successfully with the most advanced treatment options. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, guys. So excited that you're here. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having us. Yeah. yeah, my my pleasure. Well, let's get into it. First of all, why do so many Americans have foot problems? I think that's multifactorial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> multifactorial. Um, it's that's a hard question. A lot of it is is like you know we're we're active, but we're not always the most active. We drive everywhere. We're not like living abroad where everyone walks everywhere. I think that makes a big component of foot health and what you just attested to. Walking really improves everything. Um, if we could make all of our patients walk, Brad, I think we'd have a lot, um, lot less patients. Sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing too is, you know, depending on someone's life lifestyle, uh, 
some people can become very sedentary and weight gain can also attribute to a lot of foot pain. Um, you know, it's a lot of sometimes congenital issues. Uh, bunions, you know, can come from your mother or your father. So it's not really anything that you're doing uh, to cause the problem. It's just something you're born with. And the more we walk around, the more we try to exercise, it's going to put a lot of pressure on those things and it can be super painful. So you're not alone out there. A lot of people have this. What about shoes though? I know when I turned 40, I was like, no more high heels, pretty much. Well, I won't do a ton of barefoot walking because I spent time in Costa Rica and Vermont and certainly walking the beaches. And I find that really helps my people. What, where's the shoe connection? Sure. Shoe. I think like connection to, you know, the earth and with the beach and stuff is super positive. But like it just, you really have to watch where you are walking barefoot. Um, beach, easy, things like that. Maybe, you know, outside around in the grass sometimes. But you really have to be careful and, you know, make sure you don't step on things. And if you do have an issue like a bunion, the more you walk barefoot, the more pressure you're going to put on that area. So like Sarah's going to touch on right now, shoe gear is everything when you're walking around to support that. And also insoles. Um, you can do over-the-counter insoles like Dr. Scholl's, orthotics that are custom designed for you. All that stuff's going to be super important. And, and shoe gear, put problems. yeah, shoe gear changes as like you're in your, you know, 18, 20 years old, you're wearing, you know, high heels and it's much easier as you get older and do have these congenital deformities like a bunion, hammer toes, all these things kind of combined adds pressure. And the shoe gear shape is a nice, like usually a rounded toe, sometimes a pointy toe and bunions don't fit very nicely inside of that. Um, and that tight compressive shoe gear can really put a lot of pressure on those areas, making it super uncomfortable. A wide roomy toe box is super important. I tell people to be in some kind of a sneaker, roomy athletic sneaker, usually a running sneaker. It's really, it's much more supportive, um, but something with a soft upper, meaning like where it touches your toes, where it's mobile as opposed to like a leather, which is tighter and kind of holds and tightens against that bunion. Yeah, those are great tips. I found out I have a Morton toe, which is a genetic thing mm. where my second toe is longer than my first toe. So I just started buying shoes that were like a half a size larger and that issue went away. That does help. And also lacing your shoes in different ways can help with that Morton's toe. That's actually the most common type of a foot structure. Um, most people have a longer second toe, which sometimes can cause curling. And with a bunion, um, especially you might have a substantially lar larger toe. And by just using those extra laces that we don't always use, that can actually hold your ankle inside of your shoe, um, preventing that Morton's toe from getting more crunched. And what exactly are bunions? Well, bunions are multifactorial, but as you said, alluded to earlier, they are genetic. So they're passed down the heritage, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, somebody gave them to you. It's actually a, a multi-planar deformity where you actually have rotation of the toe going toward the lesser toes, meaning like the smaller baby toes, and the protrusion of that bone on the side of your, of your foot. And that's actually part of the metatarsal that should be aligned under the toe. Um, it's just a genetic malformation that happens and it can progress and worsen over time, especially. And I'm just so curious, why do people not do anything about it? I mean, I hear people complaining all the time. I've been a personal fitness trainer and I help people with their health and wellness. And I just hear people all the time, like, I can't walk my feet hurt too much. I've got bunions. Again, I've got family members with the issue who are really well-educated. Why are people not talking about it and doing things about it? I think for a very <laughs> long time, uh, bunion surgery 
you know, people had a lot of horror stories. Um, and podiatrists and surgeons out there, there, there were a lot of procedures that were either really good or really bad. So people had long recovery processes, maybe a little painful. And I think that that story just started to get pushed, um, you know, down the road, mother, father, aunt, uncle, different things. And then the next generation thought, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. I'm never getting buttons. So before, when you had your metatarsal that shifted out here like this and went off to the side, if you think of the, the leaning tower of Pisa, we always used to fix the bunions up here in a two-dimensional plane. And that's the head of the bone where you see that bump. So when that bump is sticking out of the side of the foot there and you shift it over into this, you're still having a, an angle here with the head here. So you hold it in place with two screws. It's good. It works for some people and it's very good. But other people need it fixed at the base. So if you're taking that building like the Leaning Tower of Pisa looks and you're then rearranging it from its base, that's going to be then a stable, solid structure and foundation. So the recovery is not as long. It's not as painful. And it's really going to fix it in a 3D plane. So there's other procedures out there that do that. But Sarah and I are super passionate about, um, you know, this one called lapoplasty. Um, it's called a 3D bunion. Um, and that is that is really what's going to be the game changer moving forward in bunion surgery. So tell us a little bit about the laplasty, what you're doing and what the recovery is like. I'm assuming that this is going to be um, general anesthesia. Someone has to be you know, put asleep, have a, have a whole operation. Tell us a little bit about the procedure and the recovery. So it's usually same day surgery. And what that means is like they put medicine in your arm and then sit. Sometimes they do general depending on multi, you know, other factors of like health and, and general wellness. But most of the time you can do it with IV sedation and local, which is like kind of like what you do for a colonoscopy. You will not see anything. You won't hear anything. And then the procedure can actually be done correctively in that, in that outpatient setting. Um, the procedure itself is like 45 minutes to an hour kind of a situation. Um, usually an incision on the top of your foot. And sometimes it's an incision right by the big toe. Um, sometimes one long incision, it kind of just depends on how, what your deformity looks like. And, and, you guys have that discussion preoperatively. Um, and depending on what it is uh, afterward, usually you're kept immobilized for about a week or so. Um, and what that means is like a kind of a, a soft cast in some way, shape or form. Again, that depends on the severity of the bunion. And usually about a week and a half to two weeks later, you're walking on this, um, this structure with the boot. And one of those tall boots that kind of looks like a ski boot, um, but you're able to walk uh, very, very close to your post-op, which is uh, definitely changed from what Brad was talking about earlier, where you used to be immobilized for six to eight weeks for this kind of a procedure. And now the, the technology has changed, has become uh, more streamlined in the sense that it's, they have a jig system. It's very um, methodical and it allows for accurate rotation of that bone um, and those three-dimensional planes that Brad was talking about. Um, to give you the best correction and the most stable platform going forward that really allows you to put weight sooner rather than later. So it sounds like just a simple outpatient procedure where you can just have local, just get you know, Valium so that you're calm like a colonoscopy and then you're, you know, walking a week or so later and does insurance cover it? Yes. Oh, wow. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, it is covered by your insurance. Every everyone's insurance is different, so it is run pre-operatively, obviously through the insurance um, during your pre-operative consultation, um, and all of that kind of is is sequestered through the patient's insurance. And uh, that's it. So, where do people find out more if someone is listening and they're like, "I've suffered with bunions for my entire life"? How can they find and get the specific lap 
lapath I'm sorry, lapiplasty surgery? I think there are a lot of surgeons out there that, you know, you just have to make sure that are trained on it. Um, Dr. Holler and I were, were specifically trained in this. We've done so many. Um, so just make sure that your doctor's trained um, and that they're able to do it properly. Uh, a lot of doctors still do procedures uh, in that area. Those are called lapidus bunionectomies. They're still very good. They're just done differently. So they're still fixing it in the same joint, but it's different instrumentation. The procedure that we're trained on has particular steps that it's going to get it aligned in that 3D plane, very one, two, three, to allow you to do same-day surgery and walk within those first couple weeks. So it's, it's the specific procedure that Sarah and I are trained on uh, to provide that. You can go on uh, Teresa's site, uh, T-R-E-A-C-E. -E. It's lapoplasty. It's a 3D bunion. You can go to Dr. Holler and I's uh, websites um, to check us out if you'd like to proceed with us. Um, it's something that, again, I do a lot in my practice. I know Dr. Holler does too. Um, we went to the same residency program together, very surgically driven. And um, yeah, just whoever you're researching in your area, make sure that they're trained on the lapoplasty procedure. And is there a specific age that you're seeing more bunions, a good time to get it done? Do you, you know, wait a little while, like something I know like midlife women dealing with things like, you know, cataracts, aging, usually you kind of put it off or if people have like issues with joints, hip replacement, those kinds of things, you generally want to put it off. Is there an ideal time to do this in terms of life cycle? I'd say any age. Uh, on, on Friday, I'm doing a 17-year-old. It's probably the, the youngest that I've done it, but all, all her growth plates are fused. She has a very large bunion born with it, um, and she wants a fix. She doesn't like the way it looks. So there's no reason in my mind to not fix it now. Um, and then I, I've done someone that as old as 75 even. I mean, pain, you know, can't walk, and it's a stable procedure that gets her up and moving. Um, so there's really no perfect time, but, uh, you know, when you're having the pain, you want it fixed. Yeah, absolutely, because it is definitely an issue that can interfere with your lifestyle. So good good to know about bunions. Let's talk about some of the other common foot problems. What are some of the most common things that you see? And let's talk about what people can do in terms of treatment. I think Brad and I can probably say this simultaneously. Probably like plantar fasciitis, uh, heel pain is probably one of the most common things that we see. Um, and just simple stretching at home, stretching, making like, your toes come toward your nose. I know how crazy that sounds, but just stretching the back of your posterior cap, especially if you've been walking all day, um, just like leaning against the wall and putting your, your leg behind you called like the runner stretch that can really help to stretch out those posterior ligaments. Say you sit a lot in your day to day. It's good to get up, walk around, just like a little simple five minute lap around your house if you're working from home and just stretching out the back of that calf. Um, that can help get rid of heel pain that really plagues people as they get up every single day out of bed. And what about uh, plantar warts? I've had that and I know Dr. Brad was saying about being careful where you, you walk. In Vermont, I think I had a little cut on my foot and something got in there and it took me forever to get rid of them and it did cause a lot of pain. What do you do about plantar warts? Yeah, you, you really have to watch like where you do walk barefoot. Um, you know, I, I go to the gym, uh, you know, walking around uh, on a gym floor is awful. So I, you always wear your shower shoes in environments like that. You know, it's starting to get nicer outside. I, I know you're not in the, the Northeast right now, but finally getting nice. So people are going to start going to pools. Uh, 
going around like deck floors and things like that. So you always have to wear something on your feet to support them, A, and then also prevent fungus and bacteria. So the warts, like you're talking about, that's actually a virus. Um, I know we're all done hearing about viruses these days, but yeah, warts are another virus that we have to worry about. Super common. Kids get them. I get them too. It just happens, but you can come into our office. There's multiple treatment options that we do for that. Anything from lasers to acid um, to surgery, depending on how bad it is, but it's very easy. Shouldn't be embarrassed. Super common things. Is there anything over the counter people can use? I know I use, I tried the, I guess there's some acid over the counter. And I found when I came to Costa Rica, just like two weeks of being in the salt air, walking on the beaches, it pretty much went away. That does help. And this is going to sound bonkers, but Tums, Tums will actually help decrease the acidity inside your body. There's actually papers written on this. It's not just, uh, it's not just random faction RFX. Um, that being said, it's like take a Tums every single day. Compound W is over the counter. That does help, but really getting it clinically analyzed because at the same time, what you think is a wart might in fact be a callus or it could be something uh, like a foreign body stuck inside your foot. So it is just best to just get it checked out and make sure that you're, you're treating the appropriate thing. Well, the Tums is a great suggestion. I'm a registered dietitian. So in terms of people getting calcium, which is something that midlife women don't get enough of, Taking a Tums every day is not a bad move. So that that's that's really interesting. So it actually decreases the acidity inside your body. Um, they started it first on pediatric uh, patients because kids are notorious for getting uh, plantar warts. Um, and they had a hard time getting uh, treatment for them because they wouldn't necessarily sit still. They're scared in a doctor's office. And that was a old school remedy that actually got proven to be, to be factual. And I do it on my patients still today, even if it has no um, necessarily clinical bearing, um, depending on what thought process you are, it still helps the rest of your gut. Yeah, and it's not going to have any downside to it as well. My sister, uh, my sister had one on her finger. This is just a, a fun fact that, but I, I have heard this works. She put duct tape around her finger mm. for three months and she's a nurse oh and it worked. It fell right off. Seriously, my, my, my sister, my nurse sister. <laughs> All right, so duct tape and Tums for, for the warts. And what about um, hair We're not bowing for that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, we don't. We're just saying some fun other, other sides fun of it. Fact. We, we <laughs> recommend you come in and get it treated by a podiatrist. Definitely. Get Absolutely. It. Just come see a doctor. Well, I have to come see you guys if I have problems because we don't have a lot of podiatrists in Vermont. Oh, interesting. Really? It's uh, super hard to well, find. Oh, we got to get an office up there. Yeah. I was about to say, we well, need to open an office up there. Yeah. It's it's migrate. And then come to Costa Rica. Um, I don't know. I haven't, yeah. I haven't checked out the medical uh, establishment here yet, but I've heard it's, it's pretty good. So let's talk about hammer toes. What exactly are they and how do you treat them? Sure. You know, if, if, if your toe looks like this, you know, when it's cocked up a little bit, that's a hammer toe. You can get ones that curl like this. You can get ones that curl at the tip, which is called a mallet toe. There's another one called a claw toe. It's really whenever your toe starts to knuckle. Your toe starts to knuckle, it rubs, it creates pain in the front of the foot, in the ball of the foot. Um, they, they can be very unsightly, and that's also an easy fix. Um, Same-day surgery, local anesthetic, um, you drop that joint down and hold it in place with sometimes a wire that's removed, or sometimes you don't even need that. So all, all of these issues that people have with their feet, sometimes, like we always say on the show, it's like, you can put your sock, shoe on, 
and just kind of forget it because it's one thing in our life that we can hide. Well, you don't need to hide these things anymore because you, the more you walk around in pain, the less active you are, the more weight that you're going to gain and you're going to develop other issues if you have all of those compounding factors. It all starts with your feet. Check them out, get them treated ASAP and don't hide them anymore. They're beautiful. Yeah, that's a great tip because I think, you know, I think about when I go to my general practitioner, I mean, they never ask me about like my foot health or how things are, but certainly if you can't walk and you can't move and you're in pain, that's going to really impact every single other aspect of your body. So let's just talk a little bit about general good foot hygiene. Like you talked a little bit about the right shoes and um, Sarah, Dr. Sarah alluded to some of the things you can do with plantar fasciitis. Any other great tips for, particularly for people at midlife who you know, just have an achy feet and just can't wait to like get home, put your feet up and, you know, moving less because your feet hurt. How do we just do general good hygiene for our feet? I think that has multiple compounding uh, facts as well. So I think good shoes makes a really big difference. Wearing a nice supportive running shoe is a big deal. Um, going around barefoot is not necessarily a bad thing watching where we're walking of course um but i think just generalized stretching is great moisturizing your feet everyone always seems to forget about that that you put lotion all over your arms and the rest of your body but everyone forgets their their feet um washing between your toes i know how basic that sounds but it gets forgotten sometimes you just assume sometimes the soap just goes down there it doesn't just take the extra time and go between your toes um, but I think all of those things together just helps breed better foot health and walking in general just helps blood circulation down to that area, which provides longevity. And do you have specific um, brands of footwear and shoes? Like I really like, I started using um, hookahs, which are really a Japanese brand, which I absolutely love. Uh, they're kind of like my go-to and they're super cute as well. Any specific brands that you recommend or places where people can get, you know, footwear that really is going to be more supportive of an active lifestyle? So, I'm a big fan of this company yeah. called G, G Defy. Um, it's a gravity defying shoe with uh, kind of like a spring in the heel. I think they're awesome looking and they're super supportive for people with foot issues. They really offload for heel pain, arch pain, and bunion pain. Um, Hoka's are great uh, also. Uh, we rep them heavily uh, in the podiatric community. Um, Brooks running shoes, obviously very good. Um, you know, ASICs, very good, things like that. Anything to support the foot, um, depending on what you have. And I say it all the time, insoles, insoles, insoles. Make sure you get something in the shoe to support your foot type. If you get a nice arch in there, it's going to cup the heel, support your arch so you don't develop that thing called plantar fasciitis like Sarah was describing. And really just support the front of the foot. I wear insoles every single time I work out and walk around my office. And you recommend getting them from your podiatrist, so getting a custom-built insole? Depending on your foot type, um, custom orthotics are the way to go. But if you just have a regular foot type, not a ton of issues, um, and you want to just go to your local store, um, you can get scanned um, by those Dr. Scholl's machines. You can, they're semi-customized also and very good. Um, there are other brands out there also that you can buy in those stores. But yeah, I, I always rep Dr. Scholl's, love them, and a big fan of just a supportive shoe in general. And um, just curious, can you share a couple of stories? I've, I watched a little bit of your show, but for people who are new to your TLC show, My Feet Are Killing Me, can you share kind of some of the miracle stories that you've seen? 
oh man oh there's so many yeah yeah i'd say a lot of them yeah i mean they're they're incredible everyone's story on there is is different and it can be something so simple as something is is growing off the side of someone's toe or someone's uh, all of their toes are kind of overlapped and their bones are popping through the bottom of their foot and just watching them like limp into the office and walk out and just how they're going to live their life differently now how they can play with their grandkids or their family and they can enjoy like holiday celebrations and a walk after Thanksgiving dinner it's it's really impactful and uh, yeah. I think it just makes us love our job every more I had a patient uh she was on I think like the third or fourth season and she was a marathon runner and just seeing how active she was she was super fit but had really trouble running um anymore she lost her passion was really dejected because nobody would touch her bunion um and I'm telling you, this was probably one of the worst bunions I've ever seen in my life. Her big, her big joint was sticking out the side of her foot. It looked like her skin was stretching, like you were almost going through like a balloon. So we took that case on. Dr. Dr. Holler and I did it together. And I remember like working through the steps of fixing her bunion. And it was like, fix it at the base with the lapoplasty. Fix it at the top also to get the head shifted over. Her result was amazing. It was one of the best surgeries that we've ever done. Probably the coolest transformation that we had on my feet are killing me. And she was in tears during her consult. Her mother had the same bunions and was blown away and upset also that she didn't have this surgery back in the day too. So yeah, that was very fulfilling. Then we have people that come in with barnacles on their feet because they don't, you know, <laughs> do different things uh, for sanitary reasons. So we definitely treat the, the full gamut on the show. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have to watch some more of those stories. So I'm curious, you guys are so passionate about what you do. And one of my big passions in life is helping people find their passion. When did you decide, like, yeah, I want to grow up and be a podiatrist? Like, when did you, in your, you know, get your passion? Because you clearly love what you do. I think it's a lot of fun. I wanted to be a ballerina. So I think I've been on my feet as much as I could be since I was young. I've always been really active. And I realized um, dancers have problems too. I never became a professional dancer, but I figured what's a better way than just help them get back on their feet and pursue their passion. Um, I think it's a lot of fun because you really can transform lives. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it really, it's impactful. And it's something something as simple as an ingrown toenail and getting people just back running. It's, it's very fun. And how about you, Dr. Brad? I also had a sports background. Yeah, yeah. soccer, baseball. Um, I went into the training room all the time, seeing local podiatrists uh, strap me up and tape me before games. Um, I always thought they did more like routine stuff. Uh, our field, we, we used to be called chiropodists. Um, and that's like nails, calluses, corns, wart, things like that. Well, podiatry advanced to just like the coolest profession, I think, in the world because you can treat conservative stuff. And we also go through surgical residencies that are three to four years. So like we, we train so hard to become top of our, um, top of our class, just being not just the best foot and ankle surgeons out there, but the best foot and ankle doctors in the world. So uh, definitely love, love our profession. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I haven't um, talked to guys before about what you're doing. You really are transforming lives. So um, any parting words of advice for uh, April being National Foot Health Awareness Month? If somebody's listening, they don't know where to start, don't know what to do. Any last kind of words of wisdom? 
Good sure. shoes, always stretch. <laughs> and get your foot checked out. It's like, if you have pain, just go ahead and make the appointment. It makes the bigger difference and get ahead of it sooner rather than later. Yeah, and is there a website to go for you guys or to go if people are generally, you know, looking for help? Like again, like Vermont, we have so few podiatrists here, but if somebody's looking and they're saying, you know, I wanna do uh, this bunion procedure, the um, laparoplasty with you guys, where do they go? What do they do? Sure. I'm in New York City. Uh, my website's www.centralparksoul. That's S-O-L-E.com. Uh, I'm right by the Natural History Museum here. And uh, my closing words are healthy souls make you whole. So <laughs> remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, though, because I mean, exercise, if I if I can't walk, my mood just totally plummets. And so right. it's what you're doing is so incredibly important. So thank you both so much for being here. It's just been a delight to learn about how to take care of your feet. And just for those of you who are listening, if you got a bunion, check these guys out, get the Laplasti. You don't have to live with it. I'm going to actually share this with my family members who have this issue. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to, to uh, get your procedure and be able to walk without pain. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Owen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. I hope that you have enjoyed this uh, podcast as much as I have enjoyed interviewing Dr. Sarah and Dr. Brad. Do check them out. Check out their show. It's on TLC. It is called My Feet Are Killing Me. And if your feet are killing you, look them up and get the help that you need. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next week. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause or a health issue, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stuck and wondering how to get your confidence, energy, and joy back. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide inspiration and wisdom to help you transform your health, your mindset, your relationships, and your life so you can rock midlife.